bless all of you. Praise God. You're so kind. You're just so very kind. Would you let me try to sing tonight? Oh, last night this old song just run through my mind. I like old songs. I wonder why. I just wonder why. But I enjoy this walk by faith. Every aspect of living for God is a walk by faith. You may be seated. When we fast, it's by faith. When we pray, it's by faith. When we tithe, it's by faith. Faith is believing and obeying the Word of God. And if people can't believe the Bible, can't have enough faith in God's Word to obey it, then they better might as well quit believing for something else. If we can't have faith to be obedient to this book, we'll never have faith to move mountains. We'll never have faith to curse cancers. Amen. It all starts with believing what's in this book and living by it. Old song we used to sing at home. Let's try B flat. I probably won't sing it. Try it anyway. Well, walking by faith with Christ my Lord, trusting come go somewhere else. That's too something. It sounds a little hot. I, it didn't feel good though. Sir? If I had it to do all over again, I'd live for Jesus every day of my life. I wouldn't wait till I was 28 years old. I'd start out the very moment I had the opportunity to live for Him. Because I found out what I missed the first 28 years of my life. I mean, I missed a lot. Amen. Got involved in a lot of things. I had to repent of a lot of things when I finally got to repenting. The only thing I didn't have to repent of was having been unfaithful to my wife. I, I was glad I didn't have to, con- you know, repent of all the things you can do. I'm glad there were some things I didn't do. All right. But I would drink, I'd fight, I'd lie, I'd steal, I'd fight some more, you know, just as honorary as a man could get. Mean. I was mean. I'm still mean. I just keep it under control. <laughs> Try something else there, Sister Son. Well, walking by faith with Christ my Lord, trusting completely in His Word, with the assurance He will guide me over the phone. Having no cause to fear or dread. Fear of the things that lie ahead Walking by faith with Jesus the Lord On my way home We're walking by faith in Jesus the Lord Striving each day to gain the reward Till I reach home No more will I roam Walking by faith Jesus the Lord on my way home Walking by faith with great delight When from this world I'll take my flight Leaving for my new home that's waiting over the phone 
home that the Lord said he'd prepare. I'll find waiting for me there, walking my faith with Jesus the Lord on the way home. We're walking by faith with Jesus the Lord, striving each day to gain the reward. Oh, till I reach home. Jesus the Lord on my way home, finding great joy along the way, walking with Jesus every day, while I walk with Him I never, never shall roam, something within me floods my soul, something that never has been told, walking my faith with Jesus the Lord on my way home. Each day to gain the reward. Oh, till I reach home, oh, will I roam? Oh, walk in my faith with Jesus the Lord on my way home. We're walking by faith with Jesus the Lord, striving each day to gain the reward. Till I reach home, no more will I roam. Walk in my faith in Jesus the Lord on my way home. Give the Lord a big old praise. Well, glory. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I love you. Praise His name. Oh, I simply do appreciate the love of God tonight. I, every once in a while, you may be seated. Every once in a while, I get to thinking about how God had mercy on me. And um, I didn't know any of you folk. None of you knew me. I'd been married for ten years when God came into my life. We had three children. My wife was expecting our fourth child, and our baby boy, who was two years old, was stricken with tuberculosis of the spine. It took almost all the money that I could earn, and I made extremely good wages. I I drove a semi. I was a work. I was a union worker. I worked under the Teamsters Union. We made as high wages as almost any profession there was back in those days. It wasn't because I didn't make uh, good wages. But even in those days, medical expense was ex- extremely expensive. And, uh, and we had uh, some insurance through the company that I worked for. And even with the insurance benefits, it c- still kept us drained financially. We went from doctor to doctor to doctor with that boy. And the sad part about it is no one, no doctor could diagnose his condition. They simply could not find out what was wrong with him. 
He lost his ability to walk and his head slowly drew backwards until it stayed like that. And he cried almost 20 hours out of the day. If he wasn't crying, he was whining. He was in such pain. And it was during that time that God dealt with me. I can't look back and say that my child's condition had anything to do with my turning to God. I can't say that. Maybe it did. But I can't say it because I don't know that. I did want to see him well. But I can't recall ever, I can't recall ever uh, looking to God for help. I, I, I can't recall that. Maybe I did and I, I forgot it, but I just can't recall it. On New Year's Eve, 1997, my wife and I had gone to my father-in-law's. We had stayed over at his house and we had eaten dinner with them. And we had watched television for a little while and, and then we were on our way home. I was driving down 19th Street in the town that I presently reside in, Bessemer, Alabama. Not a big city, just a little one-horse meal town. Blast furnaces and so forth. I stopped in front of the post office to wait for a traffic signal to change from red to green. And while I was awaiting that traffic signal to change to green, the Holy Ghost began to draw me forcefully. I have never in my life, in all the years that I can remember, felt anything that was as persuasive and as was dynamic and forceful as the Spirit of God was on me that evening. It was somewhere around 7 o'clock, between 6.30 and 7. I honestly did not know what was happening to me. Uh, my wife didn't know. She thought I was having a nervous breakdown. I fell over on the steering wheel of a 1941 Studebaker and began to sob uncontrollably. And I did that not for a minute or two, but for minute on top of minute on top of minute. My wife said, motorists behind me blew on their horns excessively. And it was as though I never heard them, and I can't recall hearing them. She said the light changed repeatedly. And I sobbed, and I sobbed, and I sobbed. I wept, and I cried until there was no tears to cry. I didn't know how to pray. I did not know how to pray. But I did know how to cry. And I let, I just let myself respond to that force that fell on me. Didn't even know exactly what was happening. I, I did not know what was happening to me. My wife was scared. My children started crying. They thought something was wrong with my oldest boy began to scream and holler. His little brother and the whole family was in a, just in shock and weeping and sobbing. The wife was crying, shaking me. And when I finally came back to my senses, she was shaking on my shoulder and calling my name. 
I looked over at her and I said, I don't know what you want to do, but I'm going to find me a church tonight. And I'm going to it tonight. Now that was New Year's Eve. That was New Year's Eve. Traditionally, New Year's Eve back in those days was a big service. You didn't come to church at normal time. You came to church at about nine o'clock and stayed till after midnight. We called it praying the old, or they called it praying the old year out and the new year in. Well, I've already told you it was somewhere between six thirty and seven when I began to sob. It was after seven when I came out of that weeping experience. And I I went, I knew where all the church buildings were in our town. I had grown up there. The first church I had to pass was a Christian Alliance church. And they were closed. They were going to have a watch night service. The next church I had to come to was the Presbyterian church. They were also closed. They were going to have a late service. I drove by the Catholic church and they hadn't even started. I went by a Methodist church, three Baptist churches, a church of God, a church of God of prophecy, a Nazarene. There was only one church left on my way home. And this is the beauty part about it. For weeks, several weeks, the pastor of that church had been announcing watch night service for that particular night. Going to start at 9 o'clock. But the Sunday before New Year's Eve, that man of God made the announcement. The Holy Ghost has talked to me and told me not to change our service. New Year's Eve night, we're going to start at the regular time. When we've worshipped till we're through, we're going home. He said, I don't know why God wanted me to change it. But we're not starting at 9 o'clock. The reason I'm apostolic is God had picked a night when every church in town had their doors closed but the truth church. If, if, if that isn't God working a miracle in your life, you tell me what it is. I walked in that building that night. That's where my mother went. Had on a pair of overalls. The left hip pocket was torn off at the bottom. Just floppy. Had on a pair of work shoes. The heel of, was off of one of them. I wasn't dressed to go anywhere but to work. And I walked in the church like that. Because the Spirit of God had dwelt, had dealt with me in such a force I could not resist Him. And you know what? I didn't want to resist. There was no resistance in me. I just simply did not know what to do. Pastor preached a little bit that night. I got there during his preaching. I don't recall a single word that man of God had to say, except, would anybody like to pray? 
And when he said that, they did nobody bother me. He didn't beg. I got up and I walked straight to that altar and knelt down. I laid my head on that altar and began to sob again. And I cried until tears puddled up on the altar bench and ran off on a, a tiled floor. Tears ran under the floor. I mean, under the altar on the floor until the knees of my overalls were wet with tears. I didn't receive the Holy Ghost that night. But I promise you one thing. A load lifted off of me that was so heavy. I felt like a brand new individual. I said I felt like a new individual. I'm telling you that when God begins to draw you, you're a fool to resist. I don't know what would have happened to me. But I know now that God loved me enough that He interrupted the planned schedule for a church that preached the truth. And He called me on a night when He knew there would be nowhere else for me to go. God knew I would have been a Catholic if the Catholic church had been open. God knew. God knew that when I surrendered to Him, I was ignorant of religion. And He knew I would be the victim of the first church doors that were open. And God kept me from falling victim to false doctrine. He spared me. He spared me of that. I'm telling you that I'm here tonight not because of anything that I ever did, but because God, out of His mercy, came into my life when I was a nobody and when I thought nothing about Him. I didn't give Him any consideration. I'm telling you, I did not give God any I did my own little thing. I drove my truck. I drank my toddies. I drank what little beer I drank. I played my cards. I started the fights. I fought when I wanted to fight. I got whipped when I didn't want to get whipped. Somebody asked me one time, did you ever fight when you were young? I said, man, I'd fight at the drop of the hat and I'd borrow a hat and drop it. I don't know what there was about me, but I liked to fight. I know that sounds crazy. Why a man wants to get his eyes blacked and his nose broke. That's what's wrong with my nose. It's so crooked. It's been broke so many times that every time it looks at a fist, it dodges. I am glad for the love that God showed to me and my family. My wife was brought up in a Methodist church. She didn't know anything about holiness in the apostolic church. Well, I didn't either. My mother had been, had been coming, going to church about two years. We never did go with her. Every once in a while, she'd carry my boys to Sunday school when we wasn't too lazy to get up and get them ready. You know? I'm telling you that I didn't do anything that would encourage God to draw me. 
I didn't show any interest in religion at all because I wasn't interested in religion. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. But God loved this old sinful boy so much that he didn't mind interrupting an entire church schedule just so I could get in the truth. Hallelujah. Just so I wouldn't be deceived in a denominal church. He made sure I came to a holiness church where they preached holiness, where they spoke in tongues, where they baptized in Jesus' name, where they preached one God. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Went home that night. Stopped in the kitchen. We always went in the back door. The first thing I did was I took the cigarettes out of my shirt pocket and threw them in the garbage. I had nine packs of cigarettes in a brand new carton of Lucky Strikes. I took a knife and cut them in half, threw them in the garbage. When I got rid of the cigarettes, I went to the refrigerator. I, best I can recall, had two bottles of beer. I poured that out. Had a pint of whiskey. I poured that out. Three decks of bicycle playing cards, and I tore them up one at a time and dropped them in the garbage. Then I walked into the living room, unplugged the television, took the antenna loose from the back, turned the tube towards the face, and looked at my wife and said, don't ever plug it up again unless I tell you it's all right. It bothers me. I'm going to be honest with you, it bothers me when people claim the Holy Ghost and they don't have any convictions. It bothers me. Because I'm telling you, when God dealt with my heart, He didn't wait till I had the Holy Ghost. He gave me some convictions tonight. I, I wept my way through to repentance. He gave me some convictions that night. I felt guilty about doing things. Now, I'm going to be honest. I didn't quit smoking that night. I just quit buying them. I had the habit so bad. I chewed tobacco. I dipped snuff. I smoked cigars. I smoked pipe. I, took, I smoked two packs of Lucky Strike cigarettes a day. I smoked a can of Prince Albert smoking tobacco in a week. I chewed two plugs around... Uh, of apple, sun-cured chewing tobacco. I smoked five King Edward cigars in a week. One a day. And then I smoked on a pipe a little bit when I wasn't chewing or smoking on something else. I didn't have any trouble with the cigars, had no trouble with the snuff, had no trouble with chewing tobacco, had no trouble with the pipe. But cigarettes gave me a pipe. I went to work the next day when I worked to work, I made my trip and told all the drivers that I quit smoking. Didn't tell them anything about going to the altar. Just said I quit smoking. Wasn't long till I couldn't stand it no longer and I bummed one. Two weeks went by. I went to church. Oh, I started tithing the first Sunday after I repented. That's when I started tithing. I didn't wait till I got the Holy Ghost. Didn't nobody ever preach to me tithing. All during that week. Didn't have the Holy Ghost now. All I had done was weep. 
That's all I knew how to do. Didn't nobody rub me on the back. Didn't nobody jiggle me under the chin. Didn't nobody rub me on the head. Everybody just left me alone. And they let me bawl and they let me squall and they let me sob. And I'm glad they did. I've learned one thing. It don't take all of that to get the Holy Ghost. It just takes somebody that's hungry. It takes somebody that's willing to yield to the Spirit of God when God's Spirit is drawing them. Well, praise God. I, I don't believe I'm any different from any other human being when I was out in sin. I don't believe I was any different than Brother Sammy or, or Brother Ivan or anybody else in this building. I'm no different than any man that was here. I was just a sinner. Just a man without God going to hell. I mean, speedily going to hell. But I started tithing. The first Sunday I went to church after I repented, after that New Year's Eve, that week, during the remainder of that week, the word tithe continually came to my mind. I didn't even know what tithe was. Called Mama one day. I said, I said, Mama, what is tithe? Oh, she said, son, that's 10% of what God allows us to receive as income. I said, what's it for? She says, that what, what God gives our minister for watching for our soul. And from that day, I accepted what my mama said. In all of my life, Pastor, I never heard a message on tithing except the one that I preached myself. I began to tithe. And God began to bless me. I went almost two weeks bumming cigarettes on a Friday night. I passed one of the drivers where I was employed, and I said, give me a cigarette. He looked at me and said, Pilot, you didn't quit smoking. You just quit buying. He hurt my feelings. Yes, he did. I mean, that stung. I, I mean, it really, but it woke me up. I backed my tractor under my trailer, getting ready to pull it off of the dock and close the doors. I was rolling the dollies up. I had just lit that cigarette I had bummed. And I stopped. I took it out and threw it to the ground. It was three-fourths left. I began to stomp that cigarette with the most vicious anger I have ever, ever, ever employed in my life. And I used these very words... I said, I will never let a God-blessed cigarette cause me to go to hell. And I started stomping that cigarette. I looked down, the little remain of it would be there, and I'd stomp some more. If anybody had seen me, they would have thought I had gone start raving mad. I was jumping up and down, gritting my teeth, just bouncing on. When I got through, all there was was a clean piece of paper. That Sunday night, starting that night, I can't even recall ever wanting another cigarette. That Sunday night, I walked over in the northwest corner of the church 
where I attended, stood in the corner like a little boy being punished, looked up towards the ceiling, and I said, God, I want the Holy Ghost right now. And he poured the Holy Ghost out on me, and I began to speak in other tongues as God gave me the utterance. Somebody holler glory. Let's stand up and praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Please be seated. It was January the 15th, 1958, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost. About 8.30 or quarter of nine at night in the northwest corner of Faith Tabernacle, 304 4th Avenue, Bessemer, Alabama. Didn't anybody have to tell me how to dress? Didn't nobody have to preach to me there were some things that were wrong because the spirit that God put into my life talked to me every day of the week. I'm telling you, it talked to me every day. We were poor. I've already told you we didn't have any money. Spend it all on doctors. We had only been in church a short while. I don't remember how long. Until one night, the wife and I walked into where our baby lay. He was laying in his crib. He, he had learned to walk, and now he was back to where he couldn't even crawl. He was just a little cripple laying in the bed. And my wife and I got around that baby bed. And that night we prayed, God, if you're not going to heal him, take him now. Just go ahead. We'll give him to you. The next day, God healed him. The next day, God healed him. In less than two weeks, he was walking again. They said he wouldn't live to be five years old. The Bible said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching them that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, they should live soberly and righteously in this present world. We quit going to movies. When I stopped buying tobacco products, and we quit going to movies, and I quit buying beer, and I quit buying liquor, Man, I saved more than enough right there to tie. I'm telling you, I began to save money. And three years, three years after God had filled me with the Holy Ghost, two years, I'm sorry, two years, we had bought us another brand new house and moved in it. God's been good to this man. Do you think for one minute I'd give up this with all that I know about it and all of the miracles for something that sounds fancy and something that looks a little bit better? Honey, there's nothing better than this. Hallelujah. We're walking with the elite tonight. We're living with them that have made it home and they're awaiting our arrival. 
Let's stand up and praise God a little bit. Woo! Hallelujah! Well, praise God. Praise God, good brother. Bless you. Isn't this boring, brother? Thank you. I, I didn't think it. I know it ain't. The, is this boring to you, brother Don? No, sir. Is it boring to you, brother Hitt? I hope it ain't boring to nobody because God only knows I'm enjoying telling you this as much as I've ever enjoyed preaching any message God gave me. Because this ain't something that happened to somebody else. This happened to me. This is how God has been to me. Please be seated. We developed a prayer life in our home. We prayed every morning with our children. We prayed every night before we went to bed. Bible reading was our reading material for months and months and months. In three years, I wore out a Thompson Jane reference Bible. I don't mean hauling around on the dash of a car. I mean, where I wore it out reading it and studying it. I mean, wore it out. The pages were coming out of it. When I went to Selma to start a church, pages was coming out of it. I'll never forget the night my old pastor walked up, walked up to me. He put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Son, I said, Yes, sir. He said, You really want to preach, don't you? I said, Yes, sir, I do, Pastor. But I'm just waiting on the Lord. Now, they, I'd go out and preach for pastors. I'd take care of the churches on the weekend while they were gone. And my pastor allowed me to do that. And, uh, but he said, look, there's five people down in Selma, Alabama. That's 90 miles from here. That contacted me a few days ago and said they wanted to know if I knew of a preacher that would be willing to come there and start a church with them. I don't believe I've ever been so happy in my life. Five people don't sound like much. But boy, it sounded like a house full to me. I said, he said, would you like to try? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I believe you're ready. The next Sunday was the first Sunday in June. I moved to Selma. I mean, I went to Selma. I didn't move. Excuse me. I went to Selma. Met with these five people. Had church. Had church that night. Went back the next Sunday. Had church with them again Sunday morning, Sunday night. The next Monday, after I preached that second Sunday, I gave the company I worked for a notice. It was going to be quick. And God just worked it out so good. Mercury Motor Lines were opening up a new terminal in Selma. And they were going to domicile a driver there. It was another union job. Can you believe that my first delivery after I turned in my notice was to Mercury Motor Lines? Had a good reputation. Dude Sharon that owned Mercury Motor Lines. Mean as a junkyard dog. Arrogant, hard to get along with. Every driver I knew said they wouldn't work for him if they had to go to work with WPA. And most of you don't know what that is. It was government work. Little pay. No benefits. Dude Sharon said, Pilot, 
I need a driver to be domiciled in self. Do you know of anybody down there? I said, well, <clears throat> I'm fixing the mood self. Oh, dude, Sharon, you said you are. He said, do you want the job? I said, man, do I. He said, when, can you go to work? I said, when do you want me to go to work? He said, can you go to week, uh, work a week from the day? That's when my termination notice was up. I just worked out one week, went to work the next week. Worked four hours. Could leave every night from my house. By midnight, about midnight. Drive to Birmingham. Set one trailer down. Hook up to another. Leave my manifest and bills there. Pick up my manifest and bill. Uh, let the yard man fuel up my truck. He hooked it up for me. Check the lights and the tires. Drive back to sell. Two more hours. Go home and go to bed. Next door neighbor asked me one day, said, how did that little old church over there take care of you and your wife? I said, that church don't take care of me and my wife. Me and my wife take care of that church. She said, you must have a lot of money. I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> oh, ma'am. I just got a good job. She said, well, when do you work? You're always at home. I said, no. I'm going from midnight to 4.30 in the morning. I'm telling you, God's been good to this preacher. All through my life, I've known nothing but God in His miraculous working power. I've known nothing but that. I'm going to tell you about one more miracle. And you probably, you know, you may have a little trouble believing it. I hope you believe I'm truthful. I turned the truck over one morning. We were starting revival. And, and I, I knew, I knew that was going to be a hindrance. Even though I could go to work after midnight, I knew it was going to hinder me. And I really, really, really tried to figure out some way I could get out of working that week without lying. Well, you know, some folks call in sickness. <coughs> Then they get their fishing pole and go fishing. They're tolerably well. That's when you're too sick to work, but you're well enough to go fishing or hunting. But when I came out of Birmingham that night, they had misloaded some boxes on my trailer. I dropped gears, went into a corner too fast. The trailer turned over, caught the drive wheel on the tractor and turned it over. That was the last trip I made. I didn't drive another one. I took it for that that God wasn't pleased with me driving a truck anymore. Churchy got up to about 35 or 40. I said, I'll take my chances and live by faith. It don't take long when you're paying church bills and your bills and every other bill comes along. Your money runs out. And believe it or not, God will let you hit a hard time just to see how your faith is going to react. I mean, God will let you see a hard time. If you can't take the test, you ain't worth God's efforts. 
And we had a hard time. We ran, we did run out of money. And it took all the money we had to meet the church deals that week. And we hadn't bought any groceries for three weeks. I really didn't know how low we were. But Sister Pilot told me, she said, Brother Pilot, I'm going to have to have some money to buy some groceries now. We don't have anything left to cook. She cooked. I can remember when a woman could still cook and still would. I don't think nobody caught that. I said, I can remember when a woman could still cook and still would. Well, praise God. Well, hallelujah. Don't know nowadays whether they can cook or not. If this YK2 thing does come out like they say it's going to, boy, I feel sorry for some people. They'll be chewing their fingernails off down to the first joint on their finger. I said, well, honey, I don't have any money. And I mean, I didn't even have a dime. I mean, you talk about broke. I mean, I was sure enough broke. She said, well, what are we going to do? I said, we'll just fast. She said, what about the kids? I said, let them fast too. What's wrong with that? They were all nice and fat and plump like some of your kids here, you know. We fasted a couple of days. Whole family. Whole family fasted a couple of days. One or two days. On the third day, we got in the car. We did have a little gas in the car. You know, thank God I had filled it up. And uh, I think Sister Pilate asked me one time, said, are you sure it was the will of God for you to quit that good job you had? <laughs> and I prayed, and I come back and said, yeah, it was God's will. She said, well, if we're in the will of God now, please don't ever get us out. I said, okay. <laughs> oh, I love to tell this. I love this, the remainder of this story. We all got in the car that day. None of us had eaten for two days. This was the third day. And you know what? The children didn't complain. School was out. Wasn't going to school. We got in the car, and all of us were going to pray for somebody that was sick. We stayed gone about three or four hours. When we got over there to the house, we prayed and visited with them a while and had a good time in the Lord. And when we came back, our next door neighbor came over and said, Reverend Pilate, did you expect somebody to come to your house today? I said, no, ma'am. Our house is locked up. And no one has a key to it but us. We had a nice three-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment. It was nice to us in the back of the church, in one wing of the church building, the building that we'd bought. And she said, well, 
there was three people went in your house today. And of course, Sister Pilate was uneasy about it. I went to the front door. It was locked. I said, I don't see how anybody could get in. Had a lock, one of them old locks, you know, you put a key in it, you turn the lock on it. And then we had a hasp on it, and we had a, a master padlock on it. All of them was locked. I walked around the back door, it was locked. All the windows were intact. I said, are you sure somebody went in my house? She said, Brother Pilate said there was three people, said they looked like men went in your house and they were carrying big old bags. I got my key, unlocked the locks, walked in, and our table was covered with groceries. Till this day, I don't know where they came from. I said, well, did you see them when she left? She said, no. That's the strange thing about it. I didn't even see them when they came up. I don't know how they got here. All I saw was these three, they look like men, going up your steps and into your house. And she said, I looked, was watching for them to come out, and my telephone rang, and when I came back, I just kept looking, but nothing happened until you folks came up. I can't explain it. All I can tell you is that on my table was plenty of good meat, plenty of staple goods, sugar, flour, coffee. I mean, enough groceries to last my family of six for three or four weeks without us having to buy anything. There was milk on the table, orange juice on the table. You name it, honey, we had it. We had more groceries in our house that day than we'd had in months. Until this day, I couldn't tell you how they got there. I just know that God keeps His Word. Hallelujah! And I'm not going to give up this miracle salvation for anything in the world. Woo! Somebody praise Him. Hallelujah. That's why I contend for miracles. Please, be, will you give me just another five or six minutes? When we moved to Burlington, North Carolina to start another church, that was about five years, three years later, when our fifth son was born, they diagnosed this pilot with cancer in both breasts. The nipples on her breast were so swollen, they bled. The surgeons who attended her were going to perform a double mastectomy. They said there was cancer in both of her breasts. And Sister Pilate said, no, I think we'll pray about this. I didn't know a whole lot of preachers then. I knew Brother Kraft in Jackson, Mississippi. He and I were good friends. I called him crying, telling him what was wrong. I'm sure they prayed for us, but she went home. The first service she was in, 
I didn't feel like praying for her. A few services went by, and one night the Holy Ghost moved on me. I called her up. God fell on, God's Spirit fell on her. Healing fell on her. God instantly healed her. She never had another minute's trouble. Blood clots in her legs cleared up. 28 years later, she was stricken again. Now, my boys remembered. My older children remembered God healing their mother. All four of our children, when we moved to North Carolina, were old enough to remember these things. And they remembered how God miraculously healed her. And how God had blessed us so many times as a family. And after their mother passed away, I mean, just it was the same day or the next day, the boys was at home, and one of my boys, or maybe maybe it was someone else that said it. I, I, I don't want to make a sure statement here. I just remember the answer. I think it was one of my boys said, I wonder why God healed her 28 years ago and wouldn't heal her this time. And my boy said, he did heal her. It's just not what we wanted. It wasn't the way we wanted. But she's healed. (laughs) Boy, do I feel good tonight. Let's stand up and worship this great God of ours. Oh, what a God. What a Savior we've got. Oh, God. (laughs) Woo! What a Lord. Do you think for one minute I'd ever give up this wonderful thing that I found over 41 years ago for some of these lifeless, worldly, ungodly things they call revival? I tell you what. If we can't have real revival, I am going to refuse to accept anything that's an imitation. God knows I can't stand imitations. Pastor, if we can't have the real thing, I don't want an imitation. I don't want something that'll make me think I'm having revival and it's not. I don't want something that'll make people think God's doing great things when He isn't, honey. And when God brings a revival, it comes on the wings of holiness. And don't you ever forget that. Somebody praise Him. Let's love our God one more time. Hallelujah. Come on, Sister Sanja. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your Spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. 
I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. Oh, my answer will be yes. Lord, yes, one more time, sing it to Him. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to Your will and to Your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust You and obey. When Your Spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Amen. Such a blessing. What a testimony. Aren't you glad living for God's real? It's real. And I want to let it continue to be real in my heart. I don't think it has to get old. I don't think this living water has to turn into a cistern experience. Just keep right on, right on, right on. Uh, this man of God uh, wasn't telling us about a has-been God. He was telling us why he expects miracles right now and today. God, continue to be God. God bless every one of you. I just, uh, I don't know a reason why there's not healings working right now. Just give you a yield of faith.